This episode of Soul Food is brought to you by Nasiha, a Muslim youth helpline dedicated to improving lives one caller at a time. Please visit their website at nasiha.org to find out how you can help during the blessed month of Ramadan. That's N-A-S-E-E-H-A dot org. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Soul Food episode 15 where we're going to talk about backbiting which is another one of the dangers of the tongue that we have to be very careful of in the month of Ramadan. So in this episode we're going to look at the dangers of backbiting, we're going to talk about the virtues of silence, and then we're going to talk about the importance of only mentioning what is good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, O believers, avoid making too many assumptions. Some assumptions are sinful and do not spy on one another or speak ill of people behind their backs. Would any of you like to eat the flesh of your dead brother? No, you would hate it. So be mindful of God. God is ever relenting, most merciful. So backbiting is described in the Quran as speaking ill of people behind their back. And the messenger of God, peace and blessings be upon him, he said, even if what you say is true, if what you say about a person is true and it's something that they would dislike, then that is backbiting. And if it is untrue, then it is slander. And this is known as kind of a spiritual cannibalism. Would you like to eat the flesh of your dead brother? Right, so it's as if the person is not able to defend themselves just like a dead person and a person is eating away at their honor and eating away at their dignity by speaking ill about them behind their back. And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said in a hadith, five things break the fast. Number one is lying. Number two is backbiting. Number three is tail-bearing, is going around, did you hear what happened? Did you hear about this person? Did you hear about that person? And you're spreading their stories. Number four is swearing a false oath someone swears and they're lying. And then the fifth is a lustful gaze. Someone looks at something that is forbidden for them to look at, and they look at that thing with lust. So one of the things that breaks the fast, and scholars say, what does that mean to break the fast? And the majority of them said, it means that you invalidate the reward of fasting, that a way a person would actually nullify the blessing and benefit of the fast and remove the reward from the fast is to do one of these five things. So one of them is backbiting. And we have to be very careful of it, especially on social media. You know, it is prevalent that we speak ill of people or we get into arguments or someone might say something on social media and then we speak ill of them in person with other people behind their backs. And you just have to avoid backbiting altogether and focus on what benefits you. Someone told me that they're avoiding thinking ill of people and avoiding speaking ill. And one of the ways that they're doing that this Ramadan is just getting off of 
different platforms of social media. And people, when they backbite, they're going to try to justify the way that they speak about other people and say, no, but this, but that, this person's not a good person, or they wronged me, or this or that or the other. But if it isn't beneficial, clearly beneficial, and you can't change anything about it, don't get involved. If someone comes to you and says, such and such person did this, can you help me out? Can you give them advice? Can you reconcile between us? And they say the thing that they're upset with that person about, that's different. But if someone just comes and says something bad about them, and there's nothing that you can do about it that's productive or beneficial, just don't get involved and avoid it altogether, especially in the month of Ramadan. And one of the scary things is that sometimes people will get together for iftar and to break the fast. And before Maghrib comes in, just moments before Maghrib comes in, they engage in a conversation and sooner or later they can even fall into backbiting. That's one of the scary things about backbiting is that it's very subtle. Is that people just say, oh, did you see what so-and-so posted on social media? Oh, they're so annoying. Or this person just gets on my nerves or I got in an argument with them and I can't stand them. They're always like this and they're always like that. You got to be really careful. It's very pervasive and can be very difficult to catch. So being mindful of what you say, that's one of the things, so that you can grow in taqwa. And one of the greatest ways that you do that is controlling your speech. And we talked in a previous episode about the two women who were fasting, but they were backbiting. And then the Prophet came to them and he said, spit up what you have eaten. And they were spitting up flesh and blood spiritually that was caused by their backbiting. So we have to be really careful about it. I mean, that's a very significant and scary hadith about the manifestations of backbiting. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said in another hadith narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, whoever does not leave aside lying and acting upon falsehood, then God has no need for him to leave his food and drink. In other words, if you're not being changed by the fast, and a person, inshallah, not you, but let's say theoretically a person is engaging in vile behavior, but they're not eating and they're not drinking, and they're saying, I'm fasting, then the prophet here is saying, God has no need for you to leave your food and drink or that person to leave their food and drink because it hasn't changed them. They haven't grown in taqwa. They're not really understanding the fast. The fast is not getting deeper into their heart and soul and transforming them. So we have to be really careful. That brings us to the next point about the virtue of silence. In today's world, there's so much noise. It almost seems like it's very difficult to even just sit down for five minutes without being distracted by this or that or the other, whether it's a text message or whether it's a headline or whether it's a tragedy. And not to say that these things are not significant, but we as human beings, especially on the spiritual path, we need quiet time. We need to be mindful. You can't even think straight when there's so many distractions. You can't think about your own self, let alone the world. And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he said, whoever is silent is safe. Because one of the things that happens in this you know, fast-paced world is that you always have to have an opinion about everything immediately. And scholars of the spiritual path say that there are over 20 vices of the tongue and only one or two virtues. 
So you have to be very careful. And if you think about it, they'll talk about the fact that your tongue is hidden behind two sets of teeth. And those two sets of teeth are hidden behind two lips so that there are two barriers between your tongue and speech so that you think carefully before you actually let the words out. Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he used to keep a stone in his mouth that would force him to think before speaking. So he would think about it. If it was worth talking about, he would remove the stone and speak. And Imam al-Shafi'i, may God have mercy on him, he was once asked a question and he was thinking about the answer and then the man said, answer my question, like hurry up. And he replied, hold on, I'm still thinking about whether it is better to answer or to remain silent. So he was even just thinking about whether it was better to not say anything at all. But that man's response of answer my question, hurry up, is kind of like our modern lifestyle where you always have to have an opinion and you're always asked, what do you think? Tell me how you feel. There's always a text box that wants you to amplify your voice when maybe it's better for you to be silent. And not everyone has to have an opinion about everything. And even if you do have an opinion about something, that's fine. But you have to think about it. And sometimes people will, their mind will change, their opinions will change over time with life experiences and with deep thought. But we have to have silence in order to get there. This brings us to the final point about mentioning what is good. He also said, whoever of you believes in God and the last day, then let him speak what is good or remain silent. So either say something that's productive or comes to a good end or mention something good in and of itself or remain silent. What is far more productive generally in everyday interactions with people is to look at what is good within people. And when you're dealing with people's rights being violated and you can do something about it and you're mentioning things that need to change, that is good. But in reality, those opportunities are generally exceptional. But the everyday thing that we're talking about is being careful from backbiting. And one of the ways that you do that is mentioning what's good. And you should look for the good in people and expect the good in people. It doesn't mean that you're gullible and you believe everything everyone tells you, but you look for beauty. And in your heart, you beautify your heart to see the good in other people. Our teachers, they say, be like the bee, the bee, the honeybee that looks for flowers and not like the fly that searches for filth. They look very similar. They're both insects. They fly. One can go into a field and look for these beautiful flowers and the other can look for things that are ugly and filthy. So be like the bee and don't be like the fly. And a person sees the world through the lens of their heart. When you look for beauty, that's a sign of more beauty within you. And I'll finish with this story of Jesus, peace be upon him, when he saw a dead dog on the side of the road. And, you know, it was a dog that had been dead for a little while. His apostles were commenting on its smell and how nasty it looked and how disgusting it was. And he said, but how white its teeth are but how white its teeth are, that there were so many negative things to say about the dog, but he looked for something positive because he was attracted to beauty and he looked for beauty, which was an expression of his own soul. So that brings us to the call to action. When you are about to say something bad about someone, flip it 
and just look for something good, even if it's a small thing, even if you're upset with someone or you dislike someone, you can find something positive about them and mention that thing instead of the negative thing. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq and that he beautify our hearts and he beautify our speech and he beautify our relationships. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm where you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show. 